Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. What's up? Good morning. How are y'all doing? Are we awake? Bill said, you know, he congratulated you for being here on time, and I really love that about you, that we have lost an hour, but we're here still to worship, and I'm glad that we're together this morning. Now, we know a bunch of people are on spring break this morning. If you're from Alabama, this is spring break, or Tuscaloosa at least, and so we're missing them this morning, but I'm sure there's many people online right now worshiping. But I want to share with you this morning something a little more personal about my relationship with my wife, Amber. Some of you know this, but many of you don't. Amber has one non-negotiable rule when it comes to our relationship. I am not allowed to. I am not allowed to watch the movie Aladdin with her. All right? I don't know if you watched that movie before. I am not allowed to watch the movie Aladdin with her. When, we, when the kids were younger, we owned a van, okay? And in the van, we had one of those pull-down screens in the middle, right? Like, we, were, we thought we were bougie back then, right? Like, we were rich, rich, because we got the screen, something we didn't have when I was a kid. But there would be so many movies that were watched. I couldn't see them, obviously, but I'm hearing all of them. Well, it was on one of these trips that we were watching Aladdin that Amber put this rule into place. And she put this rule into place because whenever that movie comes on, I quote every line, and it's like I'm auditioning for Broadway, and I'm convinced that I'm going to make it as I sing every song. Now, I know you wish I'd do that this morning, but I'm not going to take our time, but just trust me, I'm real good, all right? But I don't know why the movie Aladdin sticks in my head. Like, I didn't think I watched it a crazy amount of times, but for some reason, It just did, and it ended up being my favorite movie of that era. Now, I don't know why it's my favorite movie. Maybe it's because of the idea of having a genie in a bottle that can give me any wish that I want. Like, it's intriguing. The idea of having kind of a blank check of having a wish that I get to dictate. Now, you may not like the movie Aladdin. I get it, like, whatever. But have you ever thought about that concept? Have you ever thought about the idea if you had just, just one wish? Like forget the three that Aladdin got. If you had just one wish, what would you wish for? Now let's move on from the idea of a a genie. Let's move on to like God. Let's move on to real life. If God says to you, you can ask for one thing, Do you know what you would wish for? Do you know what you would pray for? Is there something that's running through your head right now? Now, if you had that option, would your one wish be about money? Would your one wish be for more money? I get it, if that was your wish, because, well, finances are on everybody's mind right now, right? Actually, this week, did you see this meme? I want to show you. Did you see this online this week um, on social media? I thought it was funny. Did you see this one? I'm pretty excited. Our loan was approved, right? We're closing on a full tank of gas this weekend. I'm like, this, uh, whoever made it, they're clever, right? People are funny, right? But, but finances are on our mind, and so I would get it if money was the thing that you asked for. Now, can I take a 20-second time out and just have a Pastor Scott moment? Money is on everybody's mind right now. 
And I don't do this often enough, but I was thinking about it this week. When things get tough, I think I just want to, I want to thank you. When things get tough, one of the things that people can do is take from places that we know we should give, but we're stressed. And over this past couple years, and even these past weeks as we've been through instability, just your generosity, your giving to the ministry of One Hope has continued. And I just want to thank you. Like, seriously, I, we do not take it lightly that you still continue in your faithfulness and your active worship of giving. And sometimes you may wonder, like, is it, like, is it noticed? Is it even needed? God is doing a work through this place, and it's because of what you do even when money is stressful all around us. But maybe for you, money is the thing that you would ask for. But maybe money is not your thing. Maybe it's a, it's a relationship, a relationship you wished you had, or about a relationship that's struggling, that you, in your one prayer, your one wish, your one ask would be for a relationship that you just want. Maybe it's not a relationship, though. Maybe it's for a job, not because of money. Maybe you just want something that you would love and there's a job that you'd seen if I could just have that. Maybe it's not that though. Maybe for you, your one wish would be for more time because time keeps slipping away. Time keeps going so quickly and you're like, if I could have one thing, I just wish I could have more time. What would your one thing be if you could ask? This morning, I want to have that conversation. I want to have that conversation because what should our prayer be? What would be the most valuable thing that you would pray for if you had one thing? What would God's opinion be on this? We're going to continue that as we continue our prayer series. We've been talking about prayer for weeks now. We're talking about prayer because I'm trying to help um, prayer be more at the centerpiece of our lives. We're talking about prayer because I'm trying to make it more practical for our lives. I'm talking about prayer because I'm hoping it becomes more intriguing to us because I think prayer is one of, if not the most valuable asset that we have in our lives. But the problem is... Many of us do not believe that. We know we don't believe it because of the lack of prayer life. We can say it, but through our actions, we really show our beliefs. Some of you, you don't feel confident in this area, and we know that because of the lack of consistency. So what I'm trying to do in this series is trying to make prayer more valuable, maybe more doable, in your lives. Because I think when that happens, I think when that happens, your relationship with Jesus just goes to depths it's never been before. And so today's our fourth prayer. So if you know, as always, if you missed it, you can go back and listen. It's our fourth prayer. We started out the first week with a, a, a foundational conversation. And I think that week God did, gave us clarity and direction through the Lord's Prayer. And then the second week we went to uh, Psalm 139 in David's prayer. And you remember that prayer? It was, search me, God. What is going on inside of me? Vulnerable but powerful prayer. And then last week, we had a battle plan prayer. We looked at the life of Jehoshaphat, and we looked at how he walked into battle. 
after God said to him, hey, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. And that's where we're going this week. We're gonna go to our next prayer. Our next prayer, and if you miss the question of the day, this is the question I want you to ponder. If you had one prayer to ask God for anything, what would you pray for? If you had one prayer, what would it be? See, it was in, in the Old Testament, First uh, Kings chapter three, we see that the king has died. There's a new king in Israel. The great King David has passed away and his son Solomon has taken over leadership of the throne. And it says in 1 Kings that uh, Solomon showed his love for God in the way he tried to keep all the laws. Now, we need to understand even in saying that, that Solomon was not perfect. Solomon still had some weaknesses. Solomon had great intentions. He was trying. It sounds a lot like you and me, that we have great intentions. We are trying, but there still is some weaknesses. And one of the weaknesses that Solomon had is was he was still giving offering to, a lowercase, offering to God's. Okay? He, it seems like he did this because he's trying to um, honor his wife who was from Egypt and other nations he had relationships with. And it says in chapter three here that Solomon was doing this in a place called Gibeon. And he had an experience with God that changed things. First Kings chapter three, verse five. Let me read it for you. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. There's our question. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in your heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So listen, I don't know how you answered the question. When I asked the question, I think something popped in your head. I don't know how you answered the question, but what we have here is a picture of Solomon, and Solomon answers the question in a way that it needs to be answered. Because my argument for today, the argument I'm going to make today is if you are going to ask God for one thing in your life, the most valuable thing you could ever ask for is wisdom. This is my argument for the day. 
This is what Solomon asked for from the Lord. He asked for a discerning heart. He asked for wisdom. And in my opinion, Solomon in this moment answers the question in a way that many people would not have answered, and he answers it in the right way. And I say he answered in the right way because of what God says right after in verse 10. The Lord was pleased with Solomon. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have asked for, not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father did, I will give you a long life. See, it's in this moment that Solomon wakes up and realizes that he has had an experience with God and he leaves and begins to walk this out in his life. Now, to be clear, if you continue to read the story of Solomon, you know he's not a perfect man, but you, you understand that Solomon to this day has a reputation of how he led. He has a reputation of having abnormal wisdom as king. And so once again, what my argument is today, the most important, other than salvation, the most important prayer we can make in our life is to ask God for wisdom. Now, if you continue to look around the Bible, you'll see that in James, in the book of James, he tells us that this is something a follower of Jesus can ask for, that God actually wants to give wisdom, and he doesn't hold back. James 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. James says, Chapter one, right out of the gate, he's telling us how important wisdom is and God does not hold back when you ask for it. Not only will he, but you should ask for it. As you continue to read scripture, you'll see that the value of wisdom, the need for wisdom is talked about all over the place. I just took a handful. I looked at Ephesians chapter five. You may wanna write these down, remember them. I'll go through them quickly. Chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Psalms 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 24, 14, 
Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, I can keep going and going and going. Throughout the Old and the New Testament, the value and the need for wisdom is spoken over and over again. The question, though, is why is it spoken about all the time? Why is it so important? Why am I making the argument today that the number one thing you should ask for is wisdom? I think asking for wisdom is so important because when you have wisdom, this is the one thing that touches every aspect of your life. Wisdom touches every component that goes on every single day in how you live. When you have wisdom, there's not an area in your life now that is not changed. And I wanna put this in a practical way this morning, okay? The way I think about wisdom. When you have wisdom, I think of it as kind of like this filter right here, okay? This is actually the filter from my refrigerator, okay? Now, I have a problem with filters and refrigerators, and the problem is I consistently, don't judge me, right? I consistently forget to change these. I forget that, it's, I think it says every six months, never happens. Every six months, you're supposed to change these things because they become useless. They be, there's, they're, 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 they're just not useful in your fridge anymore, they say. And I have a problem. Anybody else do that? Anybody else have a problem like me? Just admit it this morning. Make me feel good. You do this every six months? If you do that, like I just want to shake your hand. Come up to the front. Shake your hand, like, because that means you're detailed in a lot of areas. If you're changing the, this refrigerator needs to be changed. This refrigerator filter needs to be changed when it is no longer useful or good in your life. Now, when these are new, though, these are really valuable because what we don't see in our water on the surface is is all that unhealthy stuff, right? All the, I think this says it 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 corrects like 28 different contaminants. I don't know those 28, but I know there's like bacteria and we know there's these little uh, microorganisms, little metals that get into our, and, and, and they will damage. They're unhealthy for us. The reason we have a filter is because we're trying to protect what goes in us because what goes in us affects us, right? Now, here's the deal with life. All kinds of things are trying to get in you, trying to get into your mind, which gets into your habits. Do we understand all the things we have to process in a day? You ever think about all the things you have to process? Forget in a day. Think about minute by minute all the information that you are processing that you have to filter in your life. Your brain is bombarded with information, ideas from many different places. It is impossible, maybe impossible for you to filter all of these things in a healthy way, even if you are a healthy person, if your filter is good. But think about this. 
How are you supposed to filter all of this information when many times, if not always, our personal filters are broken or are worn out? I mean, think about it this way. You have to filter through all of life, all the stuff that's coming at you, all well, you and I are broken people ourselves. I think one of the biggest issues in my life comes when I don't admit that I need a wisdom filter outside of myself, outside of my broken self. I think for many of us, we are our own worst enemy when we don't understand or we don't admit that we are broken and a worn out filter that needs to be changed. Hear me on this. I know this about myself. You can have your list, you can have your thoughts on yourself, but I know for me, I have to, we have to own that we have broken desires, we have broken perspectives, we have broken experiences, we have broken biases, we have broken agendas in our lives. This affects how we filter everything, and so we become our own worst enemy when we don't realize life is coming at me and I have this brokenness. I think this is what Paul's talking about when he writes to the church in Rome about his broken nature. Uh, Romans 7 verse 18, it says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. And you know what he goes on to say, the really famous part where he says, when this, because of this, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do want to do. Why? Because of this brokenness inside of him that he owns but he's frustrated with. The reason I bring this up today is because I think we need to be reminded that we have so much junk we have to filter through that we need a christ centered wisdom filter given to us if we're going to begin to live the life of Christ and have the mind of Christ in how we walk through life. If we don't admit this, then we are gonna continue to walk through life and make decisions, walk through scenarios, and not have a wisdom that's greater than our broken wisdom. See, that's the best part, is when you own your brokenness, then you will have a posture of submission to the available wisdom that God is trying to give us every day. And here's what I want you to understand, or here's a question I want you to wrestle with. Do you understand that God is trying to give you wisdom every day? Do you know that this is a desire of God? Go back to James for a second. James says, if you ask, God will give it generously. I'm not having to struggle with that word. Generously, because he wants to give it to his children. He wants to give it because wisdom touches every aspect of our life. I think God wants to give us wisdom for our relationships. I think God wants to give us wisdom for our conflicts. I think God wants to give us wisdom for our marriage and our parenting. 
I think God wants to give us wisdom while we're at school. I think God wants to give us wisdom at our jobs. I think God wants to give us wisdom with our money. God wants to give us wisdom with the things we're angry about. God wants to give us wisdom about things in our past. He wants to give us wisdom about our future. There's not an aspect of your life that God wants to give you wisdom so you can walk through life in a different way. Now the question comes is, how does he give wisdom? Like if I'm saying this is the one thing you should pray for, how does he give wisdom? I think from my life, I found he's given me wisdom in four major ways. And this is where I want to be really practical for you. That sometimes it's not just God give me wisdom and bam, he just, it's like he speaks this audible voice and he just change, changes everything. I think God has areas in your life he wants to give you wisdom, but we're missing it. We're making decisions to block these areas of wisdom that he's trying to give us through. And so where can I receive wisdom from God? The first place I know for me personally is from the people that lived it before me. There are people who have walked through what you are walking through right now. You may not know them, and they may not know you. But there is wisdom at our disposal. This is why we read books. This is why I listen to other pastors, I listen to other leaders, I, I, I look for resources for people who have experienced what I am going through in this moment. I am not caught up in my brain that I have all the answers. I'm admitting my brokenness, and there are people around, I mean, there are people who've walked through this before me, and I look for that wisdom. Now, this is a really important part of this. Some of us look for wisdom in all the wrong places. It's really important if you're going to look for wisdom from people who have lived it before you, that you go to the right places. History has come before us and people have made mistakes that we can learn from. People have made great choices that we can learn from. In this age of technology, we have wisdom at our fingertips from people who lived it before you. The question is, is do you pray that God show you these people who have lived what you're going through? that can dispense, that can deposit wisdom into your life? Or do you just say, I've got all the wisdom I need? I think we receive wisdom from God as he points to people who have lived it before you. But then the second area, and you know this area, is I think it's received through the Bible that's given to you. I want to say a simple sentence this morning, but it's, it's, I want you to feel the weight of it. I think our biblical illiteracy, our lack of biblical knowledge, our lack of biblical understanding is destroying us. For people who are, say they're followers of Jesus, but do not spend time looking at 
There is wisdom on every page of the Bible. We come to church. Can I tell you something? We come to church. I want to get into your face a little bit. This moment right here for some people is your time in the Bible. I was never meant to be your time in the Bible. I am trying to point you to Jesus every week. I'm trying to collectively take us to places that I feel God is directing us. I am trying to lead this church in the way God is leading me to, but I was never supposed to be your time in the Bible. When this happens, we are going to struggle with a lack of wisdom. It ends up destroying us. The last time that you needed wisdom in your life in a big way was the Bible even on the table for a place to go to. If not, why not? If you went everywhere else and the Bible just sits dusty on the shelf or the app is never opened on your phone, why not? Why don't we believe the Bible is a wealth of wisdom? Listen, your circumstance may not be specifically in the Bible, but there is enough information, there is enough there that it can walk you through every situation you need for life. But we often forget how valuable it is that the Bible has been given to you to help you walk through life. It isn't just given so you won't make mistakes or you won't do bad things or you'll do things just because God is this heavy-handed God trying to change every aspect and, and we, we feel this like you better do this right. What if we looked at the Bible as a gift of wisdom for us? Would we get into that anymore? Would that be a resource for us? Would we allow God to use that in our life? See, God has given us people that lived before you. He's also given the Bible to you. Now, the third thing I think is he's given us the people that are around us. You have the chance to surround yourself with some wise people. Who you surround yourself with the most ends up dictating your direction in life, doesn't it? Didn't your mom tell you that growing up? Who you hang out with is who you become like. Who you spend the most time with, what you, who you surround yourself most, will often dictate the direction of your life. Can I just tell you from a, like just a passion from my place as Pastor Scott. This is why I want our church to become even more passionate about small groups. Why we need a handful of people to step up and say, I'm willing to lead a group, not because I'm the smartest, but because we realize that small groups give us people that can surround us, that have values like us, that speak into our life, that will know us, that are looking for the same things, that are trying to live life in the same direction. We need people that know us in our life so they can speak wisdom to us. It's why this is important on Sunday morning. 
that we consistently do this. You don't need thousands of people to be around you, but consistently surrounded by people who are worshiping God, desiring God, seeking everything that God has for them. We need to be around people, surrounded by people who want to be in our lives. It's one thing to look in the past that people have lived it before you. It's another thing to have people around you that can speak into your life in the hardest times, can speak into your life in the most important way. It's important for us to to not be in isolation because we are admitting we don't have all the wisdom that we need. We need to surround ourselves with other people. But once again, that's why it's so important who you surround yourself with. I think one of the problems we have is we become too attached to the wrong people or the wrong platforms who are giving us the wrong wisdom. We need to be intentional about who is mentoring us. Be intentional about what information and what wisdom we are taking in because what we surround ourselves with the most will take us in a direction. And you think you're strong enough to filter all the, all the, the, the junk of life? You are not. That's the point of this message. You need to receive the wisdom God's trying to give you by surrounding yourself with the right people. I love doing what we are doing every Sunday. I love seeing you in relationships with other people. I love that we surround ourselves with the the attempt, the vision to become more like Christ. And if we collectively do this, what happens is we start getting wisdom from each other. So God is trying to give us that. But you have to decide. You have to decide. Who gets to have the greatest voice in your life? You have to decide who gets to speak into you. It can take you in positive places or negative places. It can take you in wise places or unwise places. You get the choice, though. So, I think God wants to give us wisdom, and he gives it generously. He gives it from people who lived before us, the Bible given to us, people that are surrounding us, and then the last one is the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? The Holy Spirit that is in you. When Jesus left, he said, I am sending you something that is going to help you through life. And when we are people who give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is now given to you. And as we submit ourselves more and more to the Holy Spirit, do you know what happens? He dispenses more and more wisdom into our lives. As we submit to the Spirit, the Spirit gives wisdom. And as you get wisdom, then you start feeling those convictions. You start feeling those directions. You start feeling those places where it's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. And then we have the decision, do we follow that? When we give our life to Jesus, we are given the most valuable piece of wisdom that or, or assets for wisdom that you'll ever receive. The question is, is do we submit to what God has given us? Do we seek what God said, I'm going to give you after Jesus leaves and this is going to help you through life? Those convictions that you're feeling are not just to make you feel, to feel guilty, they're there to make you be wise.
When we pray to God for wisdom, He gives it in various ways. The question this morning is, will you receive the wisdom? Will you put yourself in the environments? Will you put yourself with the right people? If you had one thing to pray for, is there a chance it could be wisdom? Because when you have wisdom, it touches every aspect of your life. We are talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer for weeks. And I could not have a series about prayer and not bring a prayer in that I think touches every single aspect of your life. I was having a conversation this week about this, what I'm speaking about, and, and, and we're going over kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts of it, and this person said to me, said, Scott, I don't think I've actually ever prayed for wisdom. That's not a prayer that's ever come out of my mouth. Is there any chance that's you as well? I mean, this person loves God. This person is devoted and given their life and, and, and doing great things for God. But I've never prayed through wisdom. He went home that night and he was, had really a heaviness about a decision that needed to be made. Came back the next day and he said, Scott, like, I just want you to know, like, that really meant something to me. He said, I went home and I went to bed simply praying, God, give me wisdom. It's not a difficult prayer. It's just an intentional prayer. God, give me wisdom. And he said, you know what? I just, I went to sleep. He said, you know what I got? I got a piece about what the decision is I'm supposed to make. God gives to his children who ask. He does not hold back. And I don't know right now what you need in your life. Is there a piece of wisdom you need? Is there an area that you just, you feel like, I don't know what to do, or there's a tension inside of you. You don't know a decision to make, and the reality is you just need some wisdom. Will you submit to the wisdom that God's trying to give you? Because you, your wisdom filter is worn out. Your wisdom filter is old, and it needs to be changed. And you need something outside of yourself. I want to encourage you today that wisdom is always there waiting for you. God says to Solomon, because you asked for this, you, you'll get so many other things because wisdom's attached to so many other areas of our life. And so as we do here, we're going to end. And maybe you want to turn your chair into an altar. Maybe you want to come forward. Maybe there's just something that has nothing to do with this message, but you're just carrying something and you just need wisdom in your life. Will you not leave today? If you're watching today, may you not turn this off today without saying, God, I need wisdom for this. And I think God gives to those who ask. I'm gonna put that in your seat as we finish and just declaring, Lord, how much I need that today in my life. Can I pray? God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for loving us enough that you will give us everything that we need. 
And God, we know today that there are people watching. There are people sitting here today. There are people listening to this message and there is something they need desperately in their life. They need some wisdom and they just feel like they're fresh out of it. God, may we stop trying to be our own filter of wisdom and say, God, you filter everything coming to my life because I want to have your mind. I want to have your way of living. And so give me what I can't give myself. Speak into our lives today, God. If there's someone today who needs this, may you be faithful to give generously to your children today, to those who ask of it today. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you liked this message and would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.